Proto fam, before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered with optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So I was scrolling through Twitter today, and one a show's favorite, Matt Harmon, presented a question. He said, do you think the parody across the NFL is the reason why there's so much parody across fantasy football this year. And I thought it was an interesting question. So I'm going to open the show this this time with a critical thinking question. So Jason, let's start Philosophy. with you. Cuz we're here. I'm here. I'm your host Tim Chop. I'm here with my brothers Jason and of course Michael. We are all in 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 the zone. Jason's in Zoom. Me and Michael here in person. So the question is, Jason, what do you think? Do you think that's having a uh, an effect on how crazy this year has been? I'm I'm a little confused by your very long-winded question. Okay, so that was a that was a definite miss on Jason's part. Michael, what do you think? I I get is there more parity this year in fantasy football? I I think the only way you would say that is because guys like Derrick Henry who were like league winners got hurt and Christian McCaffrey. I don't really think it has to do with the NFL a lot of guys being closer the, this year. I just think it has round. more to do with Late round, first round injuries and waiver wire guys like Cordero Patterson and Elijah Mitchell playing well. Like, I feel like there's no dominant, but but when there's no dominant team in the NFL, like the Chiefs' offense was always dominant. So you could you could bank on the fact that the Chiefs' do- offense was going to score points every single week, week in and week out. You can't really do that anymore. There's not that one dominant offense or that one dominant defense that's really locking down everyone. There there's no domination going on in the league this year, and I feel like that's definitely having an effect on. Fantasy and it's making it more variable. There's there's not as many there's not as many sure things. I feel like from week to week as usual. Do you get so what I'm I saying, suppose. Jay? Yeah, I Jay, guess. Jason I'm not very intrigued by this question. Yeah, I think it's a dumb question. Jason does not like my question. Jason, as usual on Thursdays, starting us off hot, nice and uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice and, and, and angry and aggravated. Um, uh, do you know what? It's a dumb question. I know it'll make you feel better, Jason. <clears throat> it's it's if I make your life easier and you could do research for the podcast so much easier. And good news, Jason, you have a big hand, one of the biggest hands, in creating that exact thing. The Fantasy Football by Roto app is the only app you need that for to dominate fantasy football. What do you get? You get player cards, usage charts, start sit tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and exclusive stats like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and defensive points over average. You also get tons more. 
Tons and tons more. And you can only get it for free right now wherever you get your apps. On the other hand, it's free. It's absolutely free. Why is it free? How can we give you this free thing? Um, it's because of the people over at patreon.com slash brodafantasy. For as little as $3 a month, you could get access to our Discord, uh, which is the greatest community of all time. You can uh, get the DFS optimizer at certain levels. You can get the extra waiver podcast. Never, It's never been more important to have a waiver podcast than it is right now. And it's because of exactly this. It's because the fantasy playoffs are starting to kick into full gear. If you are in a playoff race, you are deep in a playoff race right now. Two more weeks until it's over. So let's get it, let's get it started because people are going to have to make some decisions. And at, at, just so you guys know, uh, full transparency, we are recording this during the Thursday Night Football game, the Saints at the Cowboys. Another thing that we do is the Thursday Night Football preview on the Patreon episode. So if you want a Thursday Night Football preview, check that out. Uh, again, patreon.com slash protofantasy. So we got the game on in the background. A lot of a lot of fantasy implications in this game, so uh, we'll probably be uh, probably be talking about it as we go. But first, the first game we start with, let's go with the Giants at the Dolphins. So earlier in the week, it looked like Daniel Jones was not only going to miss this week, but also miss next week. All of a sudden, J- Daniel Jones is supposedly prepping to play against Miami. Um, a hobbled Daniel Jones is worse than a healthy Daniel Jones, and a healthy Daniel Jones sucks. So I'm going to start with the, the the weapons. Can you trust any Giants weapon? Period. I mean, Saquon. The Giants. Sure, but can you can you trust anyone? The Giants are the do central right now. Yeah. Just the do-ness everywhere. And even the people who are exciting, like Kadarius Tony, missed practice on Thursday. Um, Sterling Shepard was limited on Thursday. But he's had limited practice and then not played on Sundays. So Darius Slayton has done nothing. Kenny Galladay has done nothing. Evan Ingram sucks. Like you name, there's so many names. But most of these guys fucking suck. And they have sucked. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that their quarterback sucks even harder than they suck. And Sterling Shepard has been... sucking. Yeah. Sterling Shepard's been limited this year but not played. So then... He's the only guy who's been decent when healthy, him and Tony, but Tony also doesn't get work sometimes. So do you really want to start anyone in this game? It's very tough. Well, you're going to start Saquon Barkley, but he's been disappointing. He's more of an RB2 than an RB1 these days because this is what happens when you see a guy who got most of his yards and touchdowns on breakaway plays, and when you get injured multiple times and years pass, you lose a little bit of breakaway speed. And if you're not able to make those breakaway plays, the dominoes fall and you're not as effective. So I hope that Saquon Barkley is better in the future. Hopefully he heals up this offseason and comes back better than ever. But right now the offense is just filled with ugliness. And they're playing a Miami defense that's hot right now. They've given up uh, 10 points or less in three of their last four games. And the only time they gave up more than 10 points was 17 points against the Jets. So they've been spectacular who's, in their last four games. Who's hotter, Miami defense or Hansel? So hot right now. Hansel's Hansel. so hot right now. So hot right now. Um, that was a terrible. I don't know what that was, Tim. That was terrible. So hot right now. No, that's a terrible impression. Um, Michael, did, do you have anything to say about the Giants, or could we go on to the Dolphins? 
Yeah, I mean, you got to start Saquon. I just, I did want to say Kenny Galladay, like, Tim did not like Kenny Galladay um, last week. He was the, well, not last week, Monday. He was a stock down in his review pod. But I was, I, I thought that was a little harsh because, I mean, the guy, he went three for 50 last week, which is not great, but he had seven targets, including two fades in the red zones. So they, they were forced, clearly trying to get him involved. They fed him, and he's, yeah. he's, he's not an alpha. He's not an alpha receiver, and he's in an alpha role, and, they, and they're trying to force feed him the ball, and he's just, he's not open. Sure, but, I mean, if they force feed him the ball, he could find the end zone against Miami. They have been beatable by wide receivers um, this year, second in points over average, um, even though they have been playing better of late. So I do think Kelly Galladay's a flex-worthy guy, but Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard are both missing practices again, which is just terrible because whichever one of them steps in is always a wide receiver three when they're not on the field together. So other than that, I mean, you play Barkley because you – you you kind of have to if you have Saquon Barkley, but he's also has not looked uh, has not looked tremendous. Over on the Dolphins side, I, a lot of mirages on the Dolphins side. I feel like last week Miles Gaskins two touchdowns made his game look better than it was. He was inefficient when his carries, and he only played fifty percent of the snaps. Uh, Gaskin got sixteen t- carries and two targets, which is a good opportunity. But at the same time, it was a game where the Dolphins were leading by a lot, and it was a game where. Philip Lindsay saw 12 carries uh, from just freshly signed. Um, Savan Ahmed saw five carries. And so, so Savan Ahmed got one target. So if you're looking at it that way, Gaskin got 50% of the, car- of the carries and 50% of the touches from the running backs. And I'm not sure that I want to invest in 50% of the touches from a running back on the Dolphins. Michael, how are you feeling okay. about Gaskin. No, I'm cutting in because oh, I couldn't go. disagree more. All right, go ahead. Um, you could talk about snaps, but all I care about is fucking touches. And Miles Gaskin has had 15 touches or more every week since week six. Yeah. And a lot of those touches, if you look at on the Broto app, red zone opportunities, Miles Gaskin is seventh in the entire league, all positions in red zone opportunities. He's getting fed the ball in the red zone. And he's getting a lot of touches. And the Giants, as we discussed, suck. So the Dolphins should be able to put up some points. And if they do take a lead against the Giants, who will probably struggle to score, they might try to run the clock out. I think it's a good game for Miles Gaskin. I'm happy to start him. I will say this. Uh, if you want to get a week a week early on this, if, if your league is, like, super sharp, uh, Tua has a bye week next week, so you're going to see him on a lot of waiver waiver lists. He has an amazing three-game stretch during the playoffs. So keep an eye on Tua Tagovailoa if you are uh, still streaming quarterbacks. Um, he's even a decent streamer this week. He he's is. Been a, I was he's been very uh, solid. Yeah. Like, he's not anything tremendous, but he also hasn't been killing you. He's between, like, QB 10 and 18 for several weeks in a row now. I don't see why that would, train, uh, why that would change here against the Giants. I mean, obviously there's better streaming options. Like, I would rather start a Taysom Hill tonight. For instance, or Derek Carr, who's been uh put up a couple of top twelve performances over the last couple of weeks, and uh, so like two is two is more of a safe play. Um, speaking of safe play, Jalen Waddle, particularly in PPR, is a machine. This guy is the safest play of all time. Uh, Talk about opportunities, dude. Yeah, only six wide receivers have more targets than Jalen Waddle. That's year. nuts. And those guys are fucking Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen. Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson. Damn. Like, you got established very good slash stud receivers, and then you got Jalen Waddle with the seventh 
most targets in his rookie season. It's quite the it's quite Bada Booski. You gotta uh, fire him up every week these days. And it seems as though that his his target like soaking up has really dried up targets from Mike Kosicki, but it you know, it's also been like Kosicki's was out targeted by Durham Smythe last game and only out targeted Smythe by one the game before. Guys, if I told you Mike Kosicki has not been a tight end one since week eight. Not it's been deal. a long time since Mike Kosicki's a tight end one. Can you play Mike Kosicki? I know if you're it's it's tight end, it's ugly, but I feel like he's played his way out of that I must play him every week category because he's been stanking. Yeah, it's been uh it's been upsetting because Kosicki was playing at a uh, very high level for a stretch too, and now Devontae Parker is also due back, it seems, this week. Um that's the expectations. And Devontae Parker I mean, he has not been good um, this season. Devontae Parker? Overall, like, if you drafted him. No. But when he's been on the field, right. he has hurt Mike Kosicki. And Devontae Parker has gotten his when he's been on the field, he's even had- if it doesn't seem that way because he's been hurt the entire season. He has three of five games in double digits. That's more double-digit performances than Kyle Pitts this year. Huh. Had to throw that in there. Yeah, but, but uh, I'm gonna take jabs at Kyle Pitts. So it's like, show. like I even think Devontae Parker, if he comes back and he's good to go, he's he basically slots in as a wide receiver three flex play automatically too. And I think that even downgrades Kasicki a little bit. Like I would, without question, automatically stick like Foster Moreau in over Mike Kasicki, for example. Foster Moreau's a great play this week. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Um, eh? I don't think so. All right, let's go on to our next game. That is the defending champions, the Buccaneers. Um, and the Buccaneers? The Bus, the Buscanaars uh, versus the Falcons. Um, I mean, Lenny had a great game last week. Leonard Fournette got you 43 points, depending on your scoring settings. I feel like this is a smash game against the Falcons defense. That sucks. Uh, fire up Leonard Fournette. Leonard, There's uh, no way you're not firing yeah, him up right. off he's, Lenny. He's second in the league in red zone opportunities behind Jonathan Taylor. The issue with the Bucks is the issue that we knew going in. Not everyone's going to pop off every week. Right, too many mouths to feed. So, Lenny. Uh, well, Antonio I guess, Brown is certainly helping. Exactly. Good for the Bucks fantasy people that Antonio Brown is out considering because now it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, and Leonard Fournette. And those four guys you need to start. Gronk has been a fucking beast every time he's on the field. Don't you forget it. If you have Gronk, you got to put him in your lineup. Evans, my tight even end. If you have, even if you have Travis Kelsey or fucking Kittle or whoever, put him in your flex. Like, Gronk has just been unbelievable. Those four guys you got to start. Mike uh, Evans is seventh in the league in adjusted air yards, though. I, like, I keep seeing Chris Godwin ranked higher than Mike Evans. I don't get it. I think it's because Chris Godwin has just been more consistently targeted in the red zone. But I, I think you're right. It, it, you know, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, I have a game for you guys. If you had to pick one guy to smash, one guy to trash, and one guy for eh, like kind of do what's expected. Gronk, Evans, Godwin. Smash Gronk. I honestly feel like Gronk, he's got an yeah. A-plus targets a game easily. He just continues to dominate when he's healthy. Smash that Marion. What about and trash? Between Godwin, Evans, and 
That's it. And Gronk. I'd, I'd I'll go put Godwin past. for trash. Yeah, I'd put uh, I'd put trash on uh, on Evans. I I prefer Godwin. It's, see, it's a, he's been more useful. I mean, it's a crapshoot since AB went down. It's a crapshoot. It really is. Um, Tom Brady is an excellent matchup. In but this like, game. real quick, I have both of them ranked as wide receiver ones. Like, you start right, both yeah, of them no matter what, even yeah, though we're sure. like shitting on them, uh, facing off against each other. Not yet, for sure. Um, let's go over to the other side. I mean, for me, it's Cordarell Patterson, and there's no one else. Uh, there's a narrative around the fantasy landscape that if you have Kyle Pitts, you have to start Kyle Pitts, and I think that's nonsense. Um, Kyle Pitts has not been a tight end one since week eight. I'm sorry, one tight end finish one since. Here we go. Start over. Uh, Kyle Pitts has finished as a tight end one only once since week eight. And that was in week 10 against Dallas, where he put up a whopping four catches for 60 yards for eight half PPR points, which was good for tight end 12 in the disgusting tight end landscape. So that's one. He only has four tight end one performances on the season total. He only has really two good games, which was against the Dolphins defense that was struggling at the time and against a Jets defense that gives up points to literally every single person. So, I mean, look, Kyle Pitts is going to show up on a lot of those lists where People drafted Kyle Pitts, they are losing, and they're not in the playoffs. Because this year, almost every first-round pick is a bust. So kind of everyone's in the same boat when it comes to that. So really it comes down to, did you draft a guy like Kyle Pitts in the first round, or did you draft a guy like Cooper Cup, and did you, or did you, did you draft a guy like Daryl Henderson? And if you did those things, you're probably winning. And if you drafted um, Pitts, you're probably losing. So, you know, the, the undercover... Secret agent, wide receiver. They were FFPC is tight end premium and the main event, the football guys players championship. Like he could win five hundred thousand dollars in these leagues, so people like to take upside shots. But I see so many disgusting draft boards year after year, and I like I want to tell these people like just because you're playing for a lot of money and you're shooting for upside doesn't mean you should just draft a bad team. Like, you don't have to draft a bad team just because you're chasing upside. Like, I'm in a 14-team league, the FSGA Experts League, and someone took Javante Williams and Trey Sermon at the 3-4 turn. Like, there's a difference between upside and just straight-up drafting a bad team because you're being dumb. Like, you could have gotten Justin Jefferson at the turn in FFPC League. Some people were taking Kyle Pitts in the second round. It was absurd. Absurd. That's that. But I'm with you on this week. Like Kyle Pitts is not a must-start option. Like if you have him, you likely don't have another starting tight end option. I mean, Foster Moreau is an easy start for me over him. I would also start Moreau over Pitts. I'd even this may sound crazy. I'd consider Tyler Conklin over Kyle Pitts this week, too. Just he's not been trustworthy by any means for several weeks now. Like there's no one to guard on that team except Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. He's expert. Consensus ranking is sixth tight end. It's fucking despicable. It pisses me off. I don't know how that's just so despicable. Jay, you were number two overall, and I was number nine overall this past week in tight ends on Fantasy Pros, ranking tight ends. Not to toot my own horn, but I've been a fantastic ranker the last four weeks. Jason really has. He's been getting shouted out by this dude on Twitter. It's been been really nice. Jason's been top five in wide receivers like three, four weeks in a row or something. I haven't checked. Yeah. I haven't checked. It my, ain't easy being cheesy. I haven't checked my accuracy this week. I wonder if I can join the party and be and be great. No, I was. Oh, it was it wasn't great this week. Not ideal. <laughs> oh, my defense special teams struggled. I brought brought down my whole shit. All right. Um, but it wasn't too bad. About average. Uh, with that being said, uh, where where are we? 
Bucks and Falcons. I mean, the Falcons, Cordero Patterson, I tweeted about this. The Buccaneers are one of two teams with the Washington football team to allow more receiving points than rushing points to opposing running backs. Um, the Buccaneers are 24th in points over average to opposing running backs, 32nd rushing, only allowing 8.6 points per game, negative 31.3% points over average, 10.3 receiving yards per game, 35.4% over average, fourth. Like a completely stark difference. And we're talking about Cordero Patterson, the GOAT hybrid. You want me to be a running back? Sure. You want me to be a wide receiver? Sure. So I'm without hesitation happily starting Cordero Patterson as an RB1 or wide receiver one, whichever way you feel like it um, in your league or however you can. However you want it, that's just the way you need it. Anyway, you want it. Let's go over to our next game. Chargers at the Bengals is the next one. Go, Chargers, go. I don't know. We have something to say. I did want to say about the Falcons, though, too. They might be passing a lot. So Russell Gage, who's been ugly because he has donut potential, has been at least a wide receiver three play, though, in recent weeks. Hmm. There's a decent amount of buys this week. We didn't mention the buys, I don't think. For a week 13, like, super yeah. important playoff week, there are a lot of buys. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones and company. It's the Browns. tough cookie. The Browns, the DJ Moores and Trouble Hubbards of the world. Yeah. it's uh, it, it, there's, there's a lot of weeks. I mean, there's a lot of weeks that have buys. Yes, there are, there are a lot of weeks that have buys. But this year, it seems like it was just like, why did they... Why did they uh, Make it so close to the fantasy play. Like, there's going to be next week, too, four teams on by. So, this week, Panthers, like we said, Browns, Packers, and Titans on by. And then next week, the Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, and Eagles are on by. So, uh, people getting hit at the worst time. Um, hit it. Let's go on to the next one. All right. Joe Mixon truthers rejoice. After five long years, it's finally your time. Yeah, we'll see how he performs down the stretch. Uh <laughs> This game is another good game. The Chargers are a uh, run funnel offense. We've we've been telling you for years about Brandon Staley's run funnel offense, and uh, you know he's been getting the work. Uh, this is a smash matchup. This is kind of like a, a perfect matchup for the for the Bengals. It really plays to their strengths. So let's start with the running game because, the, and then we'll talk about the wide receivers. I mean, Joe Except Brandon a smash Staley, start. by the way, that's the Chargers. You're you're confusing. No, 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 coaches. They're playing against Brandon Staley. Yeah. Zach oh, Taylor okay. is the I Bengals. Thought, right, no, right, right. I thought you were talking about Staley as in, like, helping Mixon. No, My well, bad. he's going to help Mixon this week because he has a run for Yeah, <laughs> got you. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, Jason, why don't you start us off? I mean, you start Joe Mixon. <laughs> Look, there's a, there's, a, there's a rule me and Michael have. Um, sometimes, like, when someone scores three touchdowns in week one, you want to trade them because that person – just isn't going to score more than eight touchdowns that year. It's just not going to happen. Like not everyone scores 10 touchdowns. So that means there's only five touchdowns left. And that means more bad weeks than good weeks. And it works that strategy. Um, And right now Mixon is tapping out his touchdowns. All right. So don't color me surprised if he's disappointing in the end of the year when he stops scoring touchdowns. Um, But yeah, you're starting Joe Mixon, obviously. So let's go to the pass catchers because this is the 30th best matchup for so third worst matchup for wide receivers um, in terms of difficulty. They are minus 24% points over average, which is the Brodo exclusive stat. When we talk about points over average. We what our, our, our math and magician Santiago Casanova has done is he has only compared how 
much the players that they have played put up against those teams as opposed to their average against other teams. Um, so it's it's really a truer sense of who's doing well and who's doing bad. And this is the 30th best matchup. And right now, Jamar Chase is struggling. He's been wide receiver 26 or worse every week since week eight. Um, Joe Burrow has struggled. Jamar Chase to me, like I've I've got him. He was in. He's like ERC like six. I dropped yeah, people him. People are dropped him down to like eighteen. Yeah, people are bugging out. Like you can't just keep this guy as a top seven wide receiver when that offense changes the way it has. Like the Bengals are bottom third in the league in pass attempts at this point. Like Joe Burrow has such a high true throw value because he's been super efficient. I think he's still number one overall in true throw value, but they're not throwing that much now. They're giving the ball to Joe Mixon. Their defense has. <clears throat> has been playing way better, which has just been allowing them to play this super annoying conservative offense. Jamar Chase has only seen nine targets over the past two weeks. Last week against Pittsburgh, they took that ginormous early lead. It was the first quarter, and I told Jason, I was like, yo, Jay, Jamar Chase is legit going to end with like three catches for 50 yards because they're not going to throw anymore. He ended with three catches for, 40, for 39 yards. Nailed it. Sometimes that's just how it goes. Too. Like, there's going to be bad fantasy games because of game script. I don't think the Chargers game is going to be quite as easy for um, the Bengals. So, hopefully, that means another eight plus target game for Chase and he gets right. He has set a pretty high floor. Like, the 5.4 game was his lowest of the season, but he only has two single digit performances the entire season. So, I'm still playing him happily as a wide receiver, too. He just, they need to pass more if he's going to reach that wide receiver one ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100% agreed. What about T. Higgins, Jason? Are you chasing what you got last week with T. Higgins? Last week was T-Week, y'all. He finally got the, the touchdown that everyone's been hoping for. Are you chasing that? That's the thing. Is it chasing, really? Like, I don't know if it's chasing. As Michael said, Joe Burrow has a super high true throw value. So that's why Higgins isn't getting peppered with a shitload of targets. But there's only one game this season where you've seen less than five targets, two games with less than six. So he's getting at least six targets a game. They're valuable from Joe Burrow. And he's been a top 30 receiver three out of the last four games he's played. So I don't think you're chasing anything. I think you're starting T. Higgins as a wide receiver three with upside. Hmm, that's, a good, that's a good point. Uh, I have a, a little bit of a hot take in this game. I think C.J. Uzuma is kind of a good start in this game. Uzuma. Right now, interesting sleep, sleeper. Fuck is you babbling about? Uh, interesting sleeper to me. The The Chargers are ninth best matchup for tight ends, 24% over POA. They're, they're a really bad matchup for wide receivers. I, I do think that I don't like the wide receivers for the Bengals in this game. I really do think that Joe Burrow struggling. Um, You know, the, the pass game as a whole is struggling. Joe Mixon is having so much success. I think he might see... A passing touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, I just think it's... Uh, I, I think C.J. Uzuma is a, a little bit interesting here. Nah. Hard-hitting analysis from Michael. I mean, I'm going to... Even in C.J. Uzuma's good games, he tops out at, like, four targets. I'm just not super interested in guys like He that, needs a touchdown. Ever. But, you know, it's, that's yeah. what you're talking about, the tight ends. If they don't score a touchdown, they're going to be, you know, you know, besides the top, like, you know, four, you're going to be disappointed. Um, on the other side... The Bengals are a positive, positive matchup across the board, according to points per average. Um, Keenan Allen has been you a... You mean the Chargers? The Chargers, excuse me. Yes. Uh, Keenan Allen... No, no, the Bengals. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about the other side right now. Um, the Bengals are a positive matchup across the board. Uh, the Ke- Keenan Allen has 
basically been a consistent wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside again this year for what it seems to be the bajillionth year in a row. Um, so you know you're, you're starting bajillion him bajillion here, bajillion there. You're starting him happily. Oh, Chargers ah, go! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, CD Lamb just went down at the one, which is very good for me starting Zeke. He put on his moves, boy. Um, Chris Berman would have done a couple whoop whoopsies. Um, all right, so I want to talk about the wide receivers though because I want to talk about. The man, the myth, the legend, Mike Williams. Mike it's Williams Grandpa, whoopsie. needs <laughs> needs a big play for you to be happy. And but if you're looking for to find that big play, the Bengals have given up the sixth most twenty plus yards receptions in the NFL so far this year. Um, how do you feel about these pass catching options, Jay? Uh, oh no! The story of Michael Williams. Holding everyone oh hostage. God. That's what he's doing. That was a great catch. That Michael was Gallup. a great yep. catch by Michael Gallup. No, that asked all Mike Williams just holding people hostage. Like since this is the first time. Wow. Nice catch. La- last week in week 11 was the first time since week five. He was a top 36 wide receiver. It's ridiculous. Like what are we supposed to do with this guy? He's either awful or very good. And in the beginning of the year, he was very good for three games. But what if those three games came in the middle of the season? We would probably be calling it a fluke. Like, oh, Michael Williams was good for three games. I'll start him, but I don't know if I'm buying into it. But since those first three games, he's been good twice out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. So what are we supposed to do with that? Like, it's, it's just such an anomaly, and it really kills your team. And you're probably starting Mike Williams because wide receivers are not deep. This year, like once you get to outside the top 25, it's like, oh, I got to start this person. So you're starting him. I guess it's a good matchup, but matchups don't really matter for Mike Williams. <coughs> I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals are like a low key, decent uh, defense in like DFS this week. They're probably super cheap, um, but they've been turning up of late. And we all know Justin Herbert is not immune to uh, throwing interception or two. Uh, on the other side, though, back-to-back great weeks for Austin Eckler. I'm sorry, on the same side, but different position. The Bengals are third, the third-best matchup for running backs, uh, but most importantly, they give up 11.3 fantasy points per game through the air to running backs. That's yeah, the, they do. That's the third-best matchup, 53% points over average. Uh, 22nd in DVOA against the pass-catching back, so uh, both stats kind of uh, you know prove each other there. I think Austin Eckler's in for another big game. It's an interesting game because, like, in terms of running back usage, because the Bengals defense, third in points over average, receiving to running backs, 22nd in rushing. So pretty big difference there between rushing and receiving for opposing running backs, while the Chargers, third in giving up points, rushing to running backs, 31st receiving. But that fits Joe Mixon, and that fits Austin Eckler. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's like you're playing both these guys happily. Yeah, you really are, like with, 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 with glee. Yeah. In the same game. Full of glee. It's great. Um, anyone else? TD or bust for Jared Cook? Uh, anyone else? Any, what you guys Jared want to talk Cook about? made a fire touchdown catch last week. It sounded like, like just, he just like he made a fire like he was camping. No, just doming the entire team in the end zone. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it would have gotten more attention if it wasn't in garbage time. <clears throat> yeah, it was still glorious, though. The, the, the amount of talent on the Chargers and the amount of garbage time they play because they're getting blown out is like, it's such a, I, I don't get it. It's just been the Chargers' way for years and years and years. Justin uh, Herbert had a couple good weeks in a row. 
he has his ups and downs. You probably, if you have him, you're likely starting him. But I don't know. I don't have a great feeling this week against Cincy. Uh, he, I, attack. I have him as my QB 13 at the moment. I, I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not huge on him this week. Um, let's go over to the next game, the Eagles at the Jets. Yeah, you have to start Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, in my opinion, right off the bat. Uh, we've we've highlighted that the Jets have given up literally 10-plus points to literally every single opponent that plays more than one running back. They have given up 10-plus points to two running backs at least. In some instances, 10-plus uh, points to three running backs. The Jets are the gift that keeps on giving for running backs. Uh, I, I'm comfortable playing Miles Sanders, and I'm comfortable playing Boston Scott. Yeah, I think uh, I gotta say, guys, there's there's there are issues, injury issues revolving the Eagles around them. Miles Sanders practiced in full. Jordan Howard hasn't practiced. Boston Scott is also not practiced because of an illness, Ooh. a non-COVID illness, but he hasn't practiced this week. There's something's going around the NFL with these non-COVID. Yes, illnesses. because Brandon like Cooks, baby Dennis, gave us all colds. Yeah, Brandon Cooks also has not practiced this week. Um, but on that note, if Scott was to miss time, my goodness, would Miles Sanders be a great play? You'd think so, but then they'd just give the ball to like you know. That's correct. They Sirianni would probably be like, "Oh, Sanders is my only running back." Time to throw 88 times. Yeah, let's just go sign Todd Gurley to be the backup and give him 12 carries off the street. But I think it's a good play. I'm not sold like you guys. I know the Jets' defense sucks, but I'm not just, like, firing up Boston Scott super happily about it. I know he got a lot of work last week, but it's hard to predict Nick Sirianni, and it's hard to predict that the Eagles are going to even run that many times. I'm not just firing up Boston Scott as if he's a must-start type of player. For me, my my fear is that uh, Jalen Hurts vultures the touchdowns. So you could have a lot of opportunity for both Scott and uh, Sanders and then get the touchdowns vultured by Jalen Hurts because I think Jalen Hurts does have a good game in this game, and I think that he puts up – like I, if there was a prop like over-under 50 rushing yards in this game, I would put it over for Jalen Hurts. I really think that he's going to – run wild on this Jets defense that it says had a lot of problems stopping the run um, on a few RPOs. I could see him like busting off a long one. Um, Jets have surrendered the most, the third most 20 plus yard passes in the league as well. And the fourth most 40 plus yard plays in the league passing. That's a lot of big plays. That's good news for Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith has been doing Devonte Smith things with the up and down nature of that offense. Um, I don't really like it's a tremendous matchup against the Jets. That's definitely not denying that. Even Brandon Cooks last week only had three receptions, but one of them was a 40 yard touchdown. That's all Devontae Smith really needs. But after back to back huge games where he only caught nine balls in total, but he scored three touchdowns and a couple long balls against the Chargers in Denver, he catches a combined six balls against New Orleans and New Orleans and the Giants, doesn't find the end zone, only totals 83 receiving yards. That's what you're going to get. Like, this guy, he's not going to see more than six targets. Will he find the end zone? That makes him a risky wide receiver, too. He's more of a wide receiver three play with upside, of course, because he can put up 20-plus points. But he could also give you a three-catch, 54-yard line, and you're not entirely ecstatic about that. Three catches on the ex- exactly on the 54-yard line? Yeah. The 54-yard oh. line's a real thing. It's the one that's four yards past and behind the 50. That's right. 
But um, Twilight Zone, 54-yard line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you have Devontae Smith, you're likely starting him as an upside wide receiver three type of guy. But there's always downside in trusting guys who uh, who have that type of ceiling and floor because what happens if the uh, if the Eagles do take an early lead and it becomes one of those games where, remember when they scored like four rushing touchdowns between Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell? Not the most, like, crazy thing to think that could possibly happen. Um, but Jalen Hurts, I know Jay is not really, like, he's like, yeah, you start Jalen Hurts because he's saying he's fine or whatever. The Jets are second in points over average passing to quarterbacks, 25th in rushing. And if Jalen Hurts has a ankle injury, like, I'm not going to trust Jalen Hurts to to pass. Like I'm, I don't know. I, if I feel like I'm a lot more worried about his fantasy prospects this week than nice. several others. No player in the NFL, any position, has more QB one, RB one, wide receiver one, tight end one finishes than Jalen Hurts. I, I get that, but he also just he's been a QB one ten times. I'm talking about Jason's boo here. Ten times. Friend. Jason loves him. You know that already. It's like I. It's like I don't know that Jalen Hurts has been awesome or something. So Jason, obviously, I mean, you're not, so then, oh, he's playing the Jets. Nope, nope. I gotta get out of here. It's the injury, you idiot. It has nothing to do with the Jets. And I look, I'm the one that called his bad game against the Lions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, fuck off. I don't know. I'm not very concerned. The Jets fucking suck, man. Dallas Goddard coming off a face plant game, one catch, zero yards. But the Jets are the tenth best matchup to tight ends, um, in terms of points over average, twenty percent points over average to tight ends. How do you guys feel about Dallas Goddard in this game? Let's do it this way. Uh, are you starting Dallas Goddard or Jared Cook? Goddard. How, Goddard. how are you starting with Jared Cook? Because I'm, I'm starting. Yeah, I'm right? giving you guys an easy one to start, okay? If you must know. Uh, Dallas Goddard or Mike Kosicki? Kosicki. Kosicki. Mm, I don't know. I think I start Goddard. Le- Goddard or Lance, uh, Lance Thomas? Logan Thomas. <laughs> I'd just, easily start Logan Thomas over him. Yeah, me too. Jason? Same. Goddard. Foss, Goddard or Foster Moreau? Moreau, easily. Goddard or Pitts? Probably Pitts. I'm starting Goddard. In that I don't like Goddard, man. Goddard hasn't surpassed 11 fantasy points since week four. He hasn't reached double digits since week eight. I mean, he gets some targets, but it's not even like they're high. Like, it's not like they're high value targets with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I'll go find his exact true throw value, but he's easily in the bottom half of the league, I believe. Um, I mean, it just, it's been the same thing over and over for Dallas Goddard. This was the same thing last year when Zach Ertz got hurt. Everyone expected Dallas Goddard to blossom into this top five tight end option, and he was just like a mad player. Like, how how many how many chances are we going to give this guy to become like a stud tight end? I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's whatever. If you're starting Dallas Goddard, you're likely to get a high floor, well, there's gonna be nothing ecstatic making you ecstatic about his his ceiling because there it's no ceiling. Uh, speaking of no ceiling, this Jets offense has no floor. Um, they they are capable of getting negative yards. True. Uh, total in a game, and the Eagles defense has balled out recently. Am I crazy to say just play no one on the Jets? Like Even I, like Corey Davis still isn't practicing. Real quick, he said he feels better. I said I was going to update. Jalen Hurts is down to 29th in true throw value, which is not ideal. 10 QB1, baby. 
Facts. Jason Elijah Moore was killing it, and then Zach Wilson comes in and sucks. And then, guys, Michael Carter's out. We're like, all right, Ty Johnson will be good. Tevin Coleman gets most of the burn. And then fucking Walter, something with an A, Walter. I don't even remember his first Austin name. Austin Walter. Right now. Austin you Walter fake comes. Jet fan. I thought his name was fucking Walter for a second there, Jay. And scores a touchdown. Let's go. Speaking of scoring a touchdown, Taysom Hill throws a touchdown. Little to Jordan Humphrey. Little Jordan Humphrey. Let's get it. That's helping like eight Little of my Jordan teams. Humphrey, man. I wish he was better because that's such a fantastic name. Little Jordan is a great name. You think his dad's name is Jordan? Like instead of Jordan Humphrey Jr., they were just like, let's name you Lil Jordan. I, I, either that or like Michael Jordan. Hmm, interesting. You know what? Time to Google Lil Jordan Humphrey. All right. So while Michael Googles Lil Jordan Humphrey, continue, Jason. No, I mean, so who are you starting? <clears throat> yeah, no Kevin one. Coleman's my favorite of that bunch, but yikers. I, you know, it's Michael Carter would have been a great start. I think every week, weekly, it really is a disappointment for fantasy that he got. Hurt. It's a disappointment for everyone that he got hurt, honestly. Um, you know, even your favorite guy, Tevin Coleman, he dominated the carries, but he even even in the domination of the carries of, of three guys, he only had 51% of the carry share. So, like, he got half the carries, but it's still half the carries in the Jets' offense. Like, do you want that? I don't think you even want that. So, you're, you're I don't know, you're staying away from Jets. Uh, Cardinals at Bears. I can't find anything about little Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> uh, Kyler, I mean, you don't want to just completely skip over Elijah Moore, though. I, I think you do. We didn't skip over him. We mentioned that Elijah Moore, like with Zach Wilson, is someone you can't really trust. But even that, he put up seven point three. It's not abysmal. We, maybe he like he was absolutely great the three weeks prior. I'd probably give him another shot as a wide receiver three if I had him. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with that. T. Y. Hilton or Elijah Moore this week. Elijah Moore. Jason. Moore. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'll lean though, like slightly to Ty against Houston. Um, to Jiminy Cricket has done nothing this season, man. I know he always dominates Houston, but we'll go over to Jiminy in a second. Uh, Kyler, uh, the Cardinals at the Bears. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins expected to play. Hallelujah. Um, I expect them both to come out with a bang. The Bears are a great matchup for QBs. They're sixth <clears throat> best matchup. <clears throat> Excuse me, fifteen point six percent points over average, and third for wide receivers, a whole twenty five percent points over average. Uh, I think Kyler Murray and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I knowing them as as like people, I think they come back. They they've been they've been talking to each other like let this let's remind the league who we are, and so I think they both have a big game in this one. Tim's talking like he knows them personally or something. Nah, but you know it's just the kind of guys they are. Tim knows from experience hanging out. Kind of guys they are. You just they're you competitive just, dudes that like are like care about their reputation in the league. Like, yeah, why do I have to explain cause, that? Because Michael said you talk like you know them, and then you go, "Nah, it's just the type of guys they are." It's yeah. true. That's what, that's their nature. You didn't help from your what I know. That argument. From what I know, okay, I don't know DeAndre Hopkins personally, but Kyler Murray, he just happens to be the godfather of my child. So I'm just want to put that. They're out there. both expected Look. to play. So that means they're both probably going to play. They've been out for a while. So get back on the field, damn it. I'm going to give them a call and let them know because I actually know them. And you're firing them up. Um, if anything, this just... I, I don't think it hurts the Cardinals in any way. Like, I was going to say maybe worse for Christian Kirk, but he wasn't very good with Colt McCoy. Like, and James Conner, Murray and Hopkins being out there helps him find the end zone more. 
So it's good for all of the Cardinals that Murray and Hopkins return. Yeah. Nuke told me personally he was good last night while we were having flan together. <laughs> Nuke does love flan. Nuke loves Did flan. you guys have plum pudding? No, flan. Flan, man. What's figgy pudding? Figgy, 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 figgy pudding. Uh, Besides just I'm guessing a wine and a Christmas song. I'm guessing it's a pudding made of figs. I don't know if figgy pudding is figging it. Just because it's called figgy. Why would it be what? Like, no, it has to be like a, a fig rich pie, boiled right? pudding made with flour, suet, figs, and other dry. What is suet? Fruit. Isn't suet? Yeah, you made that up. Uh, what? No, suet's not a thing. Yeah, it is. Suet is yeah, raw, hard. Michael's fat pronouncing beef, something lamb, wrong. Or a, or a mutton found around the loins and kidneys. It's it, pronounced suet. Interesting. You guys never heard of suet? It's a type of yeah. It's fat. So it's like it's got, but it's got an it's got animal, it's animal fat. fat. It's, it's raw. Probably fat. makes it like richer. Yeah. So animal fat with sugar. So it's fat and sugar. It's animal fat, eggs, sugar, bread breadcrumbs, dried fruits, and brandy. Honestly, sounds, it delicious. sounds delicious. It really does. Um, Jay, we making a figgy pudding for uh, for Christmas this year? Yo, Michael, Michael, uh, just, just if you make it, just bring us some figgy pudding. Now, 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 bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Um, yeah, bring uh, us some figgy pudding. <laughs> Speaking of figgy pudding, no, Michael no. didn't get where you were going. With yeah, that. he did it. He, you should see his face. I was like, obviously, I'm gonna burn it if I make it. <laughs> Yo, uh, sticky toffee pudding, though. Oh my god, can we stop talking about oh, pudding? Man. We got we got things to do. Uh, James Conner, he's he's the figgy pudding of the week. Like he's he, this is a good matchup for him. The play, Terminator. Play James Conner. Yeah, he has a low body fat. There's no suet in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like. Uh, James Conner, for sure. He's going to be an absolute workhorse again this week, which is just glorious because who doesn't love glorious workloads? And, uh, yeah, Eno Benjamin has been a nothing a since nothing. J- Chase Edmonds went out, and Chase Edmonds is still out. So That's this Eno, might be Eno Benjamin, for those who don't know. They're the backup running back for the Cardinals. Now, you, you just said Benjamin, but I just wanted to, like, clarify. Like, maybe, maybe somebody who's listening doesn't know who that is. Yeah, um... Yeah, you're starting James Conner happily as an RB1. Um, Chase Edmonds may return next week. That sucks for Conner and his uh, ceiling that he's shown without Edmonds. But for now, you still have solo Conner and you play solo Conner. Solo. Um, All right. Smash, trash, or eh. We're playing again. AJ Green, Christian Kirk. You need a better Kirk. word for eh, man. I know, right? It's, I, I was trying to think of something, though, but nothing rhymes with... I was going to say, like, ass or, like... Gas, fast, nothing, nothing really makes sense. So I'm going with eh. Uh, Green, Kirk, Moore, smash, trash, rash. Rash is. I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying. Go ahead. Rash is more the good one. I don't remember what the good one is. It's Kirk, and the Sm- bad one is smash. Green. Obviously, smash. And Look, I'm, I'm gonna green. say I'm gonna give uh, Rondell Moore the smash card. I think that. He was very involved the last time he played, and it's not um, like it's not a new thing that a rookie receiver might be more involved after a bye. So we saw him get 11 targets. They went on a bye. Now Kyler Murray is returning, and I wouldn't be surprised if Rondell Moore is more involved after this bye to end the year. He's and, shown that he can take on the load. And in classic fashion of the Cardinals passing game, I'm going to go with A.J. Green. I think that he's the one that, that, that shows out. A.J. Green... Got the most targets from Kyler when Kyler was there. I don't see why anything's different. Uh, A.J. Green has been playing well when Kyler has been under center. Uh, Christian Kirk has been more of a hit or miss. Um, so I'm going to say he misses in this game. And then Rondell Moore will be the A. Uh, 
Um, Zach Ertz, you like Zach Ertz in this matchup? Um, Zach Ertz has been solid as a uh, as an Arizona Cardinal. He hasn't had much playing time with Kyler Murray, but he's clearly a part of the offense at this point. Which, if you're a part of the Arizona offense, you're and a tight end, you're likely a very good start every week. Even though uh, it's a difficult matchup here against the Bears in terms of points over average, twenty um, sixth. I'm still if I have Ertz, depending on the other options, of course, I'm I'm still playing him. Um, let's go over to the other side, the Bears side. David Montgomery. Uh, the Cardinals have been the best. Have been a sorry a plus matchup for running backs. Tenth best, nine uh, percent points over average. So you know, and eh. um, but David Montgomery. Look, you've wanted him to be the old David Montgomery uh, in his last two games, and he has not been. So he's been kind of he, you come he, three games now. He's come back to your lineup. You were excited, and now he's kind of killing you. Um, how are you feeling about David Montgomery in this game? Guys, call me crazy. Khalil Herbert's a better running back. Ah, you're crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. I mean, David Montgomery is, like, I didn't like him at all last year because he was just uh, this type of running back, and then he had that ginormous finish end of the year, and everyone was uh, all aboard the David Montgomery train. And, I don't know, it's now three straight weeks of very mediocre fantasy outputs. He, uh... And let's not forget what he did earlier in the year, guys. It's a four straight weeks of mediocre outputs, by the way. Uh, he got injured in the week eight, so maybe not. But weeks one, two, three, and four, two of those weeks, he was outside the top 24 running backs. So he has two very good weeks this year, and the rest of the weeks he's been mediocre. I don't want no mediocre. Oh, I don't want no mediocre. No, I have him a running back nineteen, and I'll probably move him lower if Boston Scott is out because I'll put Miles Sanders ahead of him. I mean, it's a and decent, maybe Miles Gaskin. It's a decent matchup here, though. Like Tim said, it's not. I'm not like actively looking to sit him. Like I'd play him as a RB two this week. It just that offense is just really bad, yo. Like it's as simple as that. The Bears' offense has been one of the league's worst offenses the entire year, which obviously isn't great for a running back. If you're struggling to even score touchdowns, I mean that what they beat the Lions last week, sixteen thirteen or some shit on a last second field goal. Like the Bears' offense has just not been good. Cole Komet and Daryl Mooney have been all, all good for you know considering. Darnell Mooney has been very good of late. I wasn't buying into Darnell Mooney the whole Mooney line and everything, but the Mooney line has drastically increased over the last few weeks. 19.10, 6, uh, 21.6, and 16 over the past three weeks in our half PPR scoring with a 100-point bonus, so it might sound a little off if you have him in a typical um, half PPR league, but yeah, Darnell Mooney has been very solid. Even the week prior to that, he put up 9.4. It's been several weeks in a row now where Darnell Mooney has been a very solid fantasy option. Um, yeah, you got to buy into it at this point. Like, I'm playing Darnell Mooney. Um, what about Cole Komet, Jay? Cole Komet. Fucking Cole Komet. You want to... I'll, uh... He's uh, been good. It was gonna be, it's going to be a bad joke, so I'm just not going to say it. It was going to be mm-hmm. something with good the Edmash, or whatever you've been saying. Look, he had 11 targets last week. Any tight end who's getting 11 targets is intriguing. But Arizona has been good against the tight end this year. Justin Fields has been getting in limited practices, so time will tell. And I'm just, I'm not banking on Cole Komet getting another 11 target game. 
it looked like he was getting more involved in the offense. And then against Baltimore, he had two targets. And it's not like he was super useful when he was getting six to eight targets. So if taking 11 targets is what it needs for Cole Komet to be a top 12 tight end, I'll probably put my chips on another player. Chips, 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 Foster Moreau all day, every day. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I agree 100%. Um, the Vikings and the Lions are next on the agenda. I just want to vent real quick, man. Jamal Williams is going to be a good play this week, and I've been fucking rostering this guy on my main league for 12 straight weeks. And bam, I, bam, bam. I wanted to pick up fucking Tony Jones, and I fucking picked up Tony Jones, and I didn't even play Tony fucking Jones. And I, I broke my own rule. I never drop a running back. I never do it. I never drop a running back. And I did it, despite the fact... And, and now... Of course, this 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 reminds me of the the year of David Johnson, the rookie. I rostered David Johnson all while he wasn't getting any carries, while Chris Johnson was still getting carries, and then I finally decided to to break away with David Johnson, and he gets named the starter after Chris Johnson goes down with an injury. This really reminds me of just like that, of of that time, and it's giving me bad memories. But, Memories. but congratulations to everyone who has Jamal Williams because he's a good play against the Vikings who have been susceptible. Yeah. I um I discussed this on the review pod as well. Jamal Williams got 20 touches last week. And, um, guys, that's going to happen again. Because when Jamal Williams is alone in that backfield, Jamal Williams is alone in that backfield. And, like, Jamar Jefferson is not a real threat at the moment. He hasn't proven to be a real threat. Or Ogwin of Bouquet, the other guy who... Scored a long touchdown one of those weeks. It's Jamal Williams' backfield. And uh, as long as that's the case, he's going to be a volume-based RB2 uh, for sure. Ugh, that's, I hate that. That's so true. I hate it. And well, we know. I'm like, going to cry, man. Jamal Williams is a solid football running back. Like, he's not SpongeBob. tremendous, but he's solid. The mermaid. The mermaid himself. Um, Olaf. Speaking of good football player, solid, Josh Reynolds... Second week with the Lions, three for 70-1. and one. He played the second most snaps on the team, 85%. This is the fifth best matchup for wide receivers. Josh Reynolds is a like decent wide receiver three play here, flex play in my opinion. Um, I, was in I don't a, know if uh, I'm ready to jump into that deep end just yet, but I'll let Michael talk. Yeah, I was in a Fantasy Pros. Um, like You have to name someone in the top 40 who's going to bust and someone who uh, out of the top 100 who is going to boom this week outside the top 100 it gets ugly but uh Josh Reynolds stood out to me because as Tim was mentioning like he's played his entire career outside of this forgetful stint against with Tennessee with Jared Goff at the helm and last year was the first time he uh was actually getting real burn because of injuries and such and he had his career best season the Lions bring him in when he becomes a free agent. Remember, the Lions didn't even bring in OBJ. They could have. They had, like, the first waiver, and they passed on OBJ. And then they go and sign Josh Reynolds immediately once he passes through waivers. And he automatically becomes a top-two weapon. Like, he played over 80% of the snaps the first week he was there in uh, Detroit. And we saw that happen again this past week, and he caught that long touchdown. Minnesota is uh, susceptible to the pass fifth and points over average to wide receivers. That's by far the most exploitable position when you're targeting them. So I do think Josh Reynolds has some wide receiver three flex appeal here. I wouldn't say wide receiver. You said wide receiver three. I think it's more flex and it's more, more like desperation. Like I'm not 
I I mean, if you look hype playing... about starting Josh Reynolds, exactly. But like in a league where I don't have Devontae Adams and um, other wide receiver injuries and such, I didn't even have a single playable wide receiver on my bench. I picked up Josh Reynolds and I'm starting him. I mean, it's not the worst thing to do if you if you are in a pinch. Um, my favorite, my uh, my favorite in a pinch receiver this week is Jawan Jennings of the 49ers with Debo Samuel out reports have said he's going to be the wide receiver too. He are we discussing the 49ers? <laughs> oh, right. um, well, if you guys are going to make a stake for Josh Reynolds, I'm going to say go Jawan Jennings instead. Well, we're staying in a stake in the Lions segment. <laughs> <laughs> I like the rules. It's my podcast. Speaking of Lions, the actual players that play on the teams that we're breaking down, TJ Hawkinson um, is, you know, go ahead, Michael. Say it. Tim, go ahead. Let me ask you a question. I'm a little scared. Are you a little scared? <laughs> oh, shit. That TJ Hawkinson. Oh, shit. He said it. <laughs> I'm a little scared. He's a scared. His best two weeks. No, of the first two weeks keep, of the season. Look, you keep using the word wasted. <laughs> I got wins. They're not wasted. Oh man, utilized, not wasted. But I'm utilized scared. Big two weeks. I mean, I'm See, just gonna, goes back. I'm just gonna keep repeating what I've been repeating every single week. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's a, impre- it's a little impressive. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like impressed. Like that took confidence to say, and it's working. Like I'm a little impressed. Um, but this go goes on, back, man. guys. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. T.J. Hawkinson scored a touchdown his first two games. Mine and Michael's thought process. Oh, TJ Hawkinson's not that good. He's not going to score more than seven, eight touchdowns. So that means he only has six left for the season. And guess what? He's only had one since. You know what? His career high is six. So that means he only had four left for the season after week two. I mean, his career high is his third year of the league. This is just, just <laughs> the, like none of what you say when you say this stuff makes sense. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Madison only had four left. Only Logic, one. On the bright side, Tim, he has three of those four left to score. So there should be good weeks ahead. And that, oh, it all makes so much sense. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the other side. Alexander Madison is automatically an RB1. Alexander, Alexander Madison. Madison. Yeah, I mean, you, you're not going to have to wait for it. Uh, you can jump right in. Um, hey, you can, Tim you got can, in. Yeah, you know, you, know, you know what I'm saying. Look, also, guys, um, talking about how great Jalen Hurts is, He's the only quarterback with more QB1 finishes than Mr. Truth or Value Prince, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been pretty money this year. He'll be money and, again in this game. Yeah, with Dalvin Cook out, like there's like uh, there's blowout potential here. But with Dalvin Cook out, I could see Kirk Cousins throwing for four touchdowns in this game. I agree. Jefferson and Thielen could eat. I think it's a good game for the Vikings. Even Tyler Conklin, as Michael mentioned, offers some touchdown or bust appeal very that's how all the tight ends are very important to mention as well Kirk Cousins has been better in his career with in games without Dalvin Cook which makes sense because he has more opportunity and uh, a lot of that reason this year that he had two really good games without Dalvin Cook is because um, seven and eight targets for Alexander Madison and you don't really think about Alexander Madison and pass catching back in the same sentence because he's a bigger guy but uh, he definitely is so Alexander Madison I, I love me some Alexander Madison in this game a Vikings beat reporter said that he expects Mike Zimmer to uh, let Kirk cook a Zimmer little more. Oh, now that Cook is out. Let Kirk cook. Now that Cook is out. I'm all aboard the let Kirk cook train. Me too. And all it took was getting Cook injured. Too many shots. Plays on words. What a world. Too many, too many, too many hard seas. Um, Jay, Michael, that's it. We're done uh, for this episode. Where can they find you? At Brodoff Mike. Jason. 
At BrotoFFJason. You can find me at BrotoFFTim. You can find Casanova at BrotoFFCasanova. Uh, yeah, check us out. We, we See what we we're, do. We're so there. cool. Um, at BrotoFantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, on TikTok, where you can find Brother Johnny doing his bull and bears report. Uh, we're going to come at you uh, in the next game where we got seven games on the agendas. Laters on the Menji. Laters on the Menji. Later.